Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the gangster chronicles Hosted by MC8 and Big Steel, is every Thursday a podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Let's go. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Say, man, it's the Bootleg Cat Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Dope, uh, dope episode today with an uh, artist named David Sebastian. He's from Los Angeles, California. He's a designer, an author. Um, philant- I mean, he's going to tell you all that he is, but he's an incredible artist as well. We had him freestyle on the show um, not too long ago, um, and he did his thing. Um, shout out to David Sebastian. Uh, shout out to our sponsors, Odd Socks. Make sure you go to Odd Socks Official. Dot com use the promo code bootleg kev it's actually just bootleg use the promo code bootleg you'll save 20 percent off everything odd socks has man they got a bunch of crazy shit man they got all the licenses man they got a uh, half baked they got fucking breaking bad they got nickelodeon all of it socks draws slippers whatever you need they got it trust me most comfortable socks in the world the best socks in the world only shit i wear period Go to oddsocksofficial.com, promo code bootleg. You'll save 20% off at checkout, all right? Yo, let's get into this interview. I promise you it's a good one. David Sebastian, let's get it. Yo, it's the Bootleg Camp Podcast. Special guest in here, David Sebastian. What's good? Um, How you doing? He's a rapper. He's an artist. He's a, uh, an author. Uh, I mean, how many hats are you wearing? You got clothing line. I'm wearing them all at the moment. You do literal art? I, I'd say... Definitely a musician, uh, designer, uh, author, um, activist, um, philanthropist. That's a big word for saying, you know, you help out the community in some way. Everything, man. I'm about to drop a cookbook, a raw vegan cookbook, you know, so I guess I'm a chef now, too. You feel me? So explain the raw 
part because some people say they're vegan but when i just talked to you about it you were like no i eat everything raw now so what does that mean it's just electric foods you know like a lot of times when you cook your food over a certain um temperature you Mm -hmm. cook out all the nutrients so um it's something that's kind of new for me but I like it because, you know, your whole life you, you learn how to cook cer- a certain way, right? And mm-hmm. then when you can't do that anymore, it forces your mind to create new ways to do it. And then the the cookbook thing was just like a lot of my niggas who like in the hood don't know how to cook, don't know, right. yo, raw is too expensive. Like an easy, applicable way to make raw dishes that look good, that taste good, that make you feel good for like under $10, you know? So is raw like essentially you go to the store, you buy vegetables, and then you just eat them that way? Yes, but you don't just you don't just take some collard greens and just eat them, right? So like a vegan dish would be, I mean a raw dish would be like you get a collard green, right? And then you get some hummus, you put some hummus in it, you chop up some onions, you put a little dill on it, you cut up some garlic, uh, you add some... Uh, you know, it's just playing with flavor. So then you roll that up. I like make this like raw sushi. I, I, I roll it up and it just tastes incredible, man. A little sesame seeds in it. Some As opposed to like cooking. Opposed to cooking. food. Yeah. I've lost 12 pounds in about two weeks. Oh, that's big. And so this I, is something new you you just started. I'm like 30 days in. Dope. You know, I'm going to my birthday because I love I love meat. Pause. Like I love I, I love love me me too man you know that's why i can never i just i i respect people who say they're vegan yeah because i couldn't i just can't even process but it depends on how much you value so when i eat meat and i'm like just a fucking carnivore i'm tired all the time i'm fucking sleeping in meetings i can't move you know what i mean i'm like in this constant state of like narcosis right so but i'm eating good Mm. Right. But now I'm raw and it doesn't really fuck with like eating some ribs or some jerk chicken. But I stay up 19 hours out the day. I can run fucking as long as I want to. You know, I just feel incredible. I feel amazing. Are you so after your birthday, you're going to go back to eating meat? No. On my birthday, I'm going to eat a dish, a dish, a dish. What would that dish be? Like some grade A Wagyu fucking, you know, just top maybe like thousand dollar filet Wagyu shit. The Wagyu's the one. Yeah, that's the Wagyu. Yeah, that's, that's a nice way to treat yourself. Yeah. Um. Well, listen, you um, you came up on our show what like March or April of last year? Yeah. Killed your freestyle. Um, you you put out some records. Um. You just put out a audio book yeah. called Imagination Time, right? Yeah. Um, for people who don't know what that means, yeah. explain to me, the first of all, the inspiration yeah. for this uh, book um, and what is what does it mean? Um, so the inspiration behind it was um, one of my good friends, uh, Jermaine, he sent me an audio book mm-hmm. maybe six, seven years ago by a guy named Neville Goddard who was a speaker, a positive speaker in the 40s and the 50s. And it changed my life. It absolutely changed my life. And it all centered around your imagination essentially being God, right? So this thing, this entity this that we call God is the human imagination, right? Like if you look around this room, what's one thing in here that wasn't created by someone's imagination? Right. That's fair. The artwork. The music in it, the t, it, it, yeah. it, it, you know, everything is essentially created by your imagination. So, this audio book 
taught you how to utilize your imagination to create the desired reality you want. So I started listening, listening to it and practicing it. And then I was like, oh, fuck. And this, this is a book that's old. It's like it's old. It's yeah, from the 40s. It's some okay. talking from 40s, 50s. It's on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Type in how to use your imagination. OK, it's, it's um, brilliant. So I started using it and my life started changing because before that, I did a lot of busy work. I did a lot of like, you know, how sometimes we do a lot of things to feel like we're doing something. I was just always I'm doing this, doing this, doing this. But once I learned the power of my imagination, it's like you ever heard the expression like a big dick don't got to move that much. Right. right you know right. what I mean? <laughs> you don't got to do too much. Right. You know, you can literally just think it and create it into your reality. So long story short, just looking at all these teachers and, and, and philosophical people, you got Esther Hicks, you got fucking all these people. They're all like older, like white people, you know, they're all like older white people. And there's no real representation in the audio book self-help space, especially from someone who's tattooed like me and right. is a rapper and in these streets, you know. So really, it just happened like that. Like, yo, I need to speak a language that my people understand and then teach them the power of their imagination. So that's how it started. Yeah. So like explain kind of you said that during the pandemic, you had kind of started practicing yeah. this, I guess, I guess, imagination time. Thing, yeah, right. Yeah. So kind of give people like a breakdown on like what that entails and like. So so when you wake up and before you go to sleep, your your mind enters something called REM sleep. Right. And it's where you don't really your subconscious doesn't know the difference between a dream and reality. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's the that's the best time to impress upon thoughts in your mind that you want to create because your subconscious is going to materialize them because they don't know if it's real or if you're in a dream. So I'd wake up and at this time I was living at the Orsini. Do you know where the Orsini is? Is that downtown? It's downtown. It's like these hood projects, you know, like niggas was getting robbed in my it's not like fucking uh the projects right it's like some it's like some it's like where like if you're an upscale drug dealer you move to and you know you get some like luxury or whatever but i was in this one bedroom and i just finished living in my office which was an upgrade and i wanted a penthouse man i wanted a penthouse and i wanted a beautiful fucking girlfriend and i wanted my music to go somewhere you know and i wanted a record deal, but I wanted the right record deal. I wanted mm-hmm. real equity and I wanted a couple other things that I just wanted. And I, I started waking up and I would go, I would spend, I first started off at 10 minutes then I moved to 20 minutes. And then now I do 30 minutes a day. And what I would do is, is I would lay down and I would put myself in a situation in the future given that I had all the things that I wanted. Mm. So if I have the penthouse, right, I'd envision me, I'd close my eyes and I'd wake up in my mind in that penthouse and I'd look outside and I'd be like, it's fucking beautiful up here. And, you know, the girlfriend of my dreams would be laying in the bed and she'd be like, you want me to cook you some food? And I'm like, yeah, cook me some food. And I'd walk around and I'd get phone calls about, you know, with my lawyer talking, like every, you know, you you create, just like a movie, when you write a script, you're writing a script for your future life. Right, 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 right. And then you live in that reality and then you let it go. You just wake up and go about your day. You don't worry if it's going to happen. You don't worry why it's not happening. You don't even worry about the current reality you're in. You just let it go like you just watched the film. 
And then crazy shit's just going to start happening to you, man. I've seen it happen to me. I've seen it happen to my friends. I've seen it happen to my mom who practices it now. And, you know, one thing led to another. It's the pandemic. I'm like, fuck, everybody's on their phones now. Something said, yo, drop your album. I'm like, drop my album, but how am I going to upload it to this? And I can't duh, duh, sell it on your website. I'm like, sell it on my fucking website. Okay, fuck it. Duh, duh, duh. End up making too much money and then end up leveraging that into, you know, uh, a situation. A situation and the, the, the great situation. And then I end up getting that fucking penthouse and end up meeting this girl who I'm not with anymore. But I think I met her the last time you, you did came. meet her. Yeah, yeah. yeah, she was fine. She was a beautiful human she being. She was nice. Yeah, very nice. She was fine and she was nice. But um that didn't work out because um you know, you ever heard the saying, be careful what you ask for? Definitely. You, you know, you you may think you want something, but you have to be very, very specific on what you want because you might end up getting exactly what you say you want. That's fair. Yeah. Well, you also um this penthouse you had was yeah. Uh, there was a very bad situation that happened for people who don't know. Well, it wasn't at this penthouse. Oh, wasn't I moved out of that penthouse and I moved it to another penthouse. So yes. where you moved, for people who don't know, there was a, uh, in L.A., there was a hostage situation yeah. that everyone across the world saw on yeah. online yeah, yeah. Uh, where they, 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 there was, was it your lady that was being held hostage? She was my friend. Your friend was being held hostage at your place by a guy, a gunman. Correct. And the police, the SWAT team, whatever it is, blew blew the wall up or and then rescued her. Yes. Killed the dude. Killed the guy in my living in room. your living room. Yeah. You're not home at the time. No. You want to know something that's crazy is um That was fucking crazy. It was very crazy. Because I was watching and then I saw you post like that's my home. And I was like, oh fuck. The thing that's crazy is is I threw a little party the night before and um, a couple people stayed over and whatever. And and my friend, her name's Haley, the one who got um, held at gunpoint. Before I left to go to a meeting, right? I said, "Don't let no weird, don't wear, don't let no weird crazy niggas in my house." I don't know why I said it. I just looked back. I was like, "Don't let no weird crazy niggas in my house." And she laughed. She's like, "I'm not." And I'm like, "Okay, cool." And then I leave and I go to this meeting, and then I'm like calling her, trying to reach out to her, and she's not picking up. And I and I'm like that's strange. Like why is she not picking right. up? Maybe she's sleep. You right, know? right, right, right. And then we get back to my house, and um, the entire street is fucking blocked off. Everything is blocked off from here to fucking Seventh Street or whatever. And I'm like, what's going on? And people are like, yo, it was a shooting. It was a shooting. She was shooting. I'm like, oh shit, you know, this is crazy. They're like, the gunman ran into your building now. I'm like, oh fuck, he's in my building now. It's like crazy. I'm calling her, she's still not picking up. And something in my gut was like, oh. Fuck. I bet this nigga's in my house. Only because crazy shit happens to me. Like this crazy movie weird shit just happens. And I'm like, there's no reason why she wouldn't be picking up with this, this, and I put right. two and two together. And then um someone who I was with, uh I don't well, this someone I was with uh was just like, I think someone's in your house. And I'm like, uh, oh fuck, someone is in my house. So the guy had a bad day. He went on a fucking shooting rampage, tried to steal a car, shot someone, pulled a trigger at another dude's head. The gun one click ended up running into my building and uh, running into my house. And, and your friend's okay. She's okay. I mean, 
outside of the outside of the trauma the, the that trauma this, this that, situation that, but yeah. she's alive you know which is mm-hmm. amazing but you know anything could have happened and then when they broke in you know he grabbed her for, to shield himself and it could have went really bad it could have went really really bad so um so when they because there was like an explosion right yeah they put c4 on all my doors they blew they blew up my crib they like blew up my crib my closet the shit is like horrible so all the shit that i manifested ended up getting blown up (laughs) which is funny as shit which is crazy (laughs) but personal belongings fucked yeah but a lot of them but none of it means anything right it really doesn't and i can honestly say that to anybody probably watching this like you know, you you work your whole life to get new cars and watches and clothes and clothes shit. and shit, but they really don't mean anything. I agree, man. Yeah. I tell to people all the time. Are you, do you still live there? Hell no. I don't know. If- they owe me money too. Santa Fe office owes me money. If you're a lawyer watching this, I have a million dollar civil case ready to go. Get at me because seriously, they owe. They- Who owes you money? The apartment building or this, the this- cops? All of them. Okay. Everybody. everybody. Yeah, oh. they kind of blew up your... your. <laughs> I mean, if Insurance, it's the, the mm. building, because the dude shouldn't have been able to get into the building. There was a security guard that wasn't on... He was working that day, but he was always hollering at women. Like, every time... On, on Netflix or something. Yeah, he was, like, on Netflix. Yeah, every time I see a, a guy working security at a building, he's got his phone, like, underneath the desk. He's got his little AirPods. In. Yeah, yeah. He ain't fucking tripping, so... He should never been able to get in that building, you know, let alone up to the fourth floor. Oh, um, the fourth floor. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's not like a Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like so. Well, at least that your friend's fine. Yeah. You, you know, physically, she's still here. Yeah. Everybody else was scared as fuck. I wasn't scared. I said she's coming out. And that's how you utilize your imagination. You can heal yourself. You can heal someone else. You can manipulate a situation simply by seeing the outcome and then believing it. I guess that's what people would call faith. Mm -hmm. Manifestation. uh, Manifestation. Faith. Yeah. Do you think, um, would you kind of compare the imagination time thing to like a form of meditation in a way? Of course. yeah, Yeah. Yeah. It's a focus. It's a practice. Yeah. Um, I saw that Jim Carrey had tapped in with the audio book. Yeah. He said that one of his friends had shared it with him. Yeah. Um, and then he tweeted about it. Yeah. Which is a big deal. By the way, Jim Carrey's probably got one of the more incredible imaginations ever. Yo, did you hear him on uh, The Weeknd's new album? Yeah. It's genius. The whole radio station is, yeah, is yeah. genius. Yeah, The Weeknd's album is dope. I fuck with it. Um, but not nah, just, it, that's got to be crazy, right? Like, Jim Carrey tweeting about you I'm blessed I have so much Yo I have something I can't even talk about That's gonna happen With Jim Carrey That uh It'll probably surface In a couple weeks Something Collaborative a Collaborative Yeah Music Yeah I don't know That's fair That's big Have you met Jim Carrey Yeah Cool dude Psychedelic Electric Psychedelic he seems like I know he does art and he paints and stuff. Like yeah. he seems like a very uh Yeah. He was al- he's always been my favorite actor. I love the he's Truman show. I love um Man on the Moon. Everything and- that he's done has been just oh, yeah. remarkable. But um I got a lot of shit up my sleeve this year. I'm fucking swinging for the fences, man. On all <clears throat> Goodwill collaboration. <clears throat> Yeezy, Yeezy Skid Row collaboration. <clears throat> you're gonna you're collaborating with Yeezy on Skid Row? I don't know. I just coughed. I don't know what's going on. 
but uh, a lot, a lot of, a lot of transitions, a lot of new things are happening. I'm dropping eight projects this year. Eight. Yeah. Now, when you say projects, music, music projects. projects. So there's gonna, yeah, eight, eight bodies of work in some capacity this year. Valentine's Day, times I made girls cry in December. Dropping AI, artificial ignorance throughout the summer. I'm dropping mixtapes in Texas, New Orleans, Canada, Chicago. So I'm gonna go to these regions and work with. Manny Fresh and New Orleans, you know what I mean? Different producers, re-releasing We Are God, uh, There Will Be Blood, which will be a Christmas album that I do on Skid Row, using people from the community to make like the craziest Christmas album wow. ever. Wow. Yo, it's, you know, it's interesting because like you have like, um, like you said, you're, you, you give back a lot, but you also shine a light on Skid Row and just kind of the homeless population in general in LA. Yeah. And I feel like during the pandemic, um, I guess homelessness obviously was on a rise, but it also kind of became like the national narrative about LA's going to shit because the homeless, yeah. there's people sleeping everywhere. It's like, you know, you, the city can fix this. Well, so I was going to ask you kind of your take on that because you're, you know, you're probably. So just like death, right? Death is a trillion dollar business. Death. So is uh, fitness. Mm -hmm. So is homelessness. If there was no homelessness, then there wouldn't be these foundations to help homelessness, which are where everyone's got salaries where everyone's got these over fluff salaries. Right. And it's like a business, you know, you got to feed this and the tax write offs and all this shit, you know, so they kind of need it to exist. Um, And mind you, there are some people living on Skid Row who want to live on Skid Row. Like, you know, not everyone wants to live in a house. There's a story of this woman who we got housing for, moved into her house and then set up her tent in her living room, threw away all the furniture in the house and set up her tent in the middle of her living room. Jesus. Shout out to her. Yeah. Dedicated. It's dedicated. But um, so my goal isn't to necessarily eradicate skid row for everyone because i feel like there are people who are simply who simply want to be liberated from society who don't want any fiduciary responsibility right. but the people who do want to get out of it like i've been doing imagination time on skid row going up to certain people and getting them to see what they imagine mm -hmm. and 10 out of 10 of them are just imagining a nice place to sleep like man I just want to live in a living room With a nice couch and this and some Pajamas they're just they just want somewhere to sleep And an opportunity there's Thousands and thousands and thousands Of square foot Square footage in factories Downtown that are vacant that I'm going to buy I'm going To buy I'm going to turn it into housing I'm also going to uh, branch it off into My skid row manufacturing There should be skin row uh Trash cleanup We're going to start A community garden There's you know Skid row potato chips Because you can grow Potatoes up And I have this whole plan Of you know Getting a potato factory And then making Skid row potato chips And like I'm just I'm just uh, Figuring it out Did you notice Skid row getting Becoming a more Like or downtown Just in general Becoming a more wild place The last two years Yeah I know it was always it's always was wild in pockets, but it felt like it's um, getting crazy, man. It's feeling like Gotham City right now. Every time I go downtown, it's like it's like I'm like every time I go, it's like damn, this shit's getting crazier. And then I'll go two months later, it's like fuck, or I'll go a week later. It's but like, the crazy thing is, is on Skid Row, it's not crazy, man. I feel safer on Skid Row than on Melrose right yeah, now. Well, Melrose, you're, yeah, yeah, Melrose is it's hot for sure. Melrose didn't used to be like that. 
I, yeah, of course. Yeah, you know, but like Skid Row is really a community of fucking people. Like it's really like grandmamas, grand uncles, cousins. It's like a it's a community. Yeah, there's some junkies. Yeah, there's some this, but it's really good people, man. Yeah. Do you um do you because with your interactions with people on Skid Row? Because I always feel like with the homeless thing, there's there's like you said, there's people who are there because they don't have a choice, so right. they want to get out of it. They want to get. Right. Into a better place And then there are A fraction of the people Who have drug problems Who have mental yeah. problems right. Who You know Not even talking about The people who just Want to be liberated From society But yeah. people who just Are in a position Where They might have Addiction that they're Dealing with mm-hmm. um, Do you feel like Like what do you think Is the solution to For those people Psychedelics hmm. Just give everyone Some shrooms Some ayahuasca not just give it to them and say, here, take this. But, you know, something that I want to create is I want to I want to create an environment where people going through addiction and trauma can be inducted into a program where their diet is all raw fruits, raw vegetables, and they microdose shrooms and DMT and ayahuasca and they go on an inward journey into their psyche. And I believe that you can help cure a, a lot. A lot. Yeah. I think ayahuasca is like the one thing that like I know people who have had um lifelong addiction. Yeah. They've had vices that they could never shake. They've had suppressed mental stuff that they never even knew was yeah. the reason why they were a certain way. Yeah. Cause it forces you to like Have you done ayahuasca? Yeah. Yeah. And when I've I, for me, everyone's experience is did different. You, did you do it with a um, shaman? Shaman, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'm a shaman. Are you? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Okay. Um, but uh, you're an ayahuasca shaman. I'm just a shaman in general in, in, life. Ge- in life. I I respect that. Okay. Yeah. But um, these drugs are not only these these met this medicine. Mm-hmm. I don't even want to call it a drug. But it helps you look at yourself, this character that you created for yourself. And for me, I looked at all the things that made me me. And I don't know, man. It's just when I took DMT for the first time, I seen these little elves, these mechanical elves. They were just like laughing at me. I was like in this whole like mechanical realm. And they were just like laughing. And it made me feel like. In this other dimension somewhere, there's people, they're just laughing at us because we're just fucking trivial. Yeah, we're just so trivial. We're like working our whole lives at jobs we fucking hate to right. buy shit we don't need and, and buy do a shit. bunch of bullshit yeah, to impress but, people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, and just like in fear and shit. And they're just like, ha ha ha. Like, you know, like life is so fucking simple. Mm. It really is, man. And, you know, I, I, I wear nice shit. Not because I feel like it brings my value up or to get girls or to look cool, but I genuinely, um, I love, I'm a fan of aesthetics. You know, I love nice shit, but it doesn't define me, man. I've get, I'll give, I give shit away. I don't give a fuck, you know? Yeah. Um, what for when you did ayahuasca, how did that, like, what was that experience like for you? Cause you know, sometimes people puke, they shit, they're fucking, I mean, it's a, for people who, who don't know, it's like a process. It's not like you just get the shivers you get the shakes you i mean it's like de- it's like detoxing it's like uh when you're going through a uh what do you call it uh a heroin withdrawals, uh, withdrawals and yeah. shit you know um 
I, I've heard people say that like there's like a voice you hear, or like I mean, a, you go into the astral plane, you're floating in nothingness, you're going through a black hole. I mean, me, I don't know what anyone yeah. else is going, but your time stops. It just there is no time, there is no nothing. You're like one with everything. That's crazy, and it, you know, obviously, for people who don't know, it's it's like something you drink. You know, I, I don't think I think people for the most part probably know about shrooms. They probably know about DMT. I think ayahuasca is the one thing that's like not as easily as accessible. I think it might be in pretty in the future. I think it's going to be something more people tap into. But can you imagine that creating some type of process on Skid Row where pe- where people are introduced to these? Yeah, because I do think that that is a way that people can really kick real addiction. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like addiction is like. Especially the certain shit is like physically hard just to just just to do because you know if I quit doing this, then I got a week of the worst pain of my life coming my way. So I'm just gonna keep doing it. Yeah. And there's no like, I you know, I think that that's probably one of the bigger reasons why like people end up homeless. Like it is what it is. Like you know, being a, a drug addict is a full time job. They say. Being an addict to anything is a full-time job. Yeah. You treat it like it's like your job every day to get high or to whatever whatever that thing is. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. Um, so, so, you know, I wanted to ask you, man, because, like, I feel like here in L.A., you're, like, one of the dopest minds we have. Thank you. I feel like you, your music is incredible. I feel like everything you, you do is dope. But, like, for whatever reason... I feel like you're still somehow underappreciated in the hip hop community when we think of LA. I just made you say this. I was thinking about this and you just said it. It's interesting. That's crazy. Um, why do you think that is? And do you give a fuck? I don't give a fuck. Um, but why do I think it is? Huh. So Music is on a frequency, right? Just like the radio station, right? Mm -hmm. Life is all about frequencies, right? You know, when you, you can't get, you can't get things up. You can't get things that you get when you vibrate up here, if you're vibrating down here, right? So music as a general, as a whole is kind of vibrating at this frequency right here, right? And in order for it to stay at this frequency, only artists and music and thought processes that allow that frequency to thrive it's so it stays here and when when it's here it's safe it's a lot of money to be made right it's a lot of my i mean i could get really deep with you but you know um music is religion music is religion it's like when you go to a concert it's like going to church you know sure. uh, our bodies are 90 percent water music vibration sounds especially 808s, which uh, resonate with our lower chakras, it can control us. It can manipulate us. It can influence us. So right now, music is like right here. Mm -hmm. And our people are being controlled, influenced, and manipulated at this frequency. Now, this guy named David Sebastian, this entity right here, he's he's vibrating up here. Mm. And the second that that vibration becomes popular, it's going to force everyone down here to rise. And now the subject matters are going to change. And now the what we deem is important isn't going to be. And now you're going to have a group of people 
self-actualizing and asking themselves questions and saying, why do I need to buy that? Or why am I that? Or I don't want to fucking go to the club today. It's, it's like a whole new paradigm shift. And when that paradigm shift exists, a lot of the shit down here just will become irrelevant. It's kind of like, remember Ja Rule was like the biggest shit on planet Earth and then 50 Cent came out and then... And then he wasn't. And then he just wasn't. Yeah. Because 50 created a new paradigm. Kanye shifted the paradigm. He sure did. He kind of shifted it away from 50. Exactly. Shifted away from 50. Mm -hmm. So every now and then you have these paradigm shifters. It was very hard... I was talking to Dame about this. Very, very hard for Dame, Jay- Dame Dash. Yeah, Dame okay. Dash. I was talking to Dame. And it was hard for Jay-Z to get anywhere. No label would sign him. Nobody wanted him. Da, 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 mm-hmm. Right? Same with Kanye. We hear about his struggles. Sometimes when you have a new perspective and you're in and 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 it's and it's and it's more futuristic than anyone can currently see, it's always gonna be a tumultuous thing to get to where you need to be. Yeah, it's like the it's the harder journey, but it's the more fruitful journey once you get there. It's like like you could dumb your shit down or you could do what everyone else is doing and you could play industry games and worry about all that shit. But at the end of the day, like I could start a TikTok. I could do a cool dance. I could do all that. But you know what? What I'm doing right now, what I'm building right now is I'm building a legacy. This is legacy. My right. I had a waitress come up to me who I didn't even know. And she was like. My son loves you. He's like seven years old. I play him all of your music. I show him all of your art. My entire family's rooting for you. We want you to like someone swear to God, like yesterday, someone hit me. and was like, David, I've been following you from the jump since pussy marijuana. And I somehow got out of contact with you and found your Instagram. And you were at 70,000 followers. And, and I got really mad. And I was like, I got, she was like, I got really fucking mad. And she was like, because like the output you put out and the level of work and consistency and blah, blah, blah. Like you should have a million plus right. fucking 20 million followers and then i then she was like i realized how this system is man so i'm not mad because i know what's going to happen this year some major major things are about to change with me being at the forefront of culture and um yeah so it's just a matter of time yeah i think like too like i feel like you are building your own ecosystem your own world almost yeah as to where like most artists who come into this game, they're very much dependent on, you know, going to Grammy parties and networking and, you know, just doing whatever they got to do just to kind of, but I feel like you're kind of over here building your Island and eventually, you know, (laughs) people are going to come to your Island and then then hopefully the music industry starts to look a lot more like your Island. So just, I want to paint a quick picture for you. Imagine if, David Sebastian, number one record on the on the billboard, right? Mm-hmm. Which means that there's a lot of eyes on what I'm doing. Right. Imagine I, I have a skid row drop this Friday, right? With millions of eyes on me. Yo, we're we're dropping this skid row collaboration. And then that drop makes two million dollars. And then I take all of that two million dollars and I put that into building my factories out and employing the homeless. And then I drop imagination time and instead of 20, 30,000 people hearing it, now it's millions of people hearing it. And now you have millions of people having imagination time every morning and every night. And while that's happening, this, like it's it's going to be a phenomenon. Yeah. Hey, listen, I don't doubt it, man. I, I look forward to looking back at this interview 
Oh, this is these these are the interviews. Like, like I hate to say nip because I'm not like putting this with death or anything. Of course, like of course, this. of course. But like, but no, we go back and we watch old Nipsey. Interviews. Yeah, you watch. I, I remember when he died. I went back and watched old Nipsey interviews that I've never seen before, and mm-hmm. I was like, damn, this thing. He was, was always brilliant. talking that shit. He was talking that shit. Yeah. That's facts, man. That's facts. Like I think Nipsey like was. For whatever reason, like ahead of his time, but also like, you know, I wish I wish he was here to see the love that he's got now. Because like I, you know, I've been knowing Nipsey since what '09 is when I first met him. Yeah, um, he was on my show in 2009, and like, you know, he was always like a like one of our guys. Like we, you know, I'm a fucking hip hop head, so like yeah. I always was rooting for Nipsey. But like just to see like. The love and like he's become an icon. You know what I'm saying? An icon. Downtown, there's a thousand Nipsey murals everywhere. You know, there's a saying that great men plant seeds for trees for shade. For great men plant seeds for trees that they won't be able to sit under its shade or something to uh, that. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, like it sucks because I mean, in the physical, for him to see the amount of reverence. You know, and and I know I'm going I'm going to see it in this lifetime. I came here for a reason, for a purpose. And um, I think we need liberation more than anything. The world needs to be liberated. Culture needs to be liberated. We've been in a box for too long. And I think covid has has made a lot of people take inward journeys in. You Mm. know, I, I think I think covid aside from the obvious deaths that have come. Of course, of course. But I think it was a blessing for a lot of people as well. Yes, because it forced you to sit by yourself. I have this song called Running With The Wolves where I ask a girl, when was the last time you were truly happy when you were all by yourself and you weren't at a party? Like, we numb ourselves with with Experiences. Experiences. Going to the club, going to the bar. Dopamine fucking drives and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what if you're alone at home for a year? (laughs) Six months or whatever it is. Yeah, Man, it's fucked because, like, everyone I know is depressed right now. A lot of, I mean, that is the one thing about COVID. Like my kid, uh, who's in high school, he was like, we had to put him in counseling and stuff because, like, he was just going through it with his girlfriend and shit with his mom and like, but it was like he couldn't leave his house. He didn't have interaction with his friends. He was sitting in front of a computer every day for fucking six hours. You know, it's different. Everyone I sit in front of lately, I've been having lunches and everyone just like breaks down mid conversation and. You know, I try to do my best to help or try to inspire as much as I can. But I honestly think it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing. You know, you got to go through it at some point, self-reflection. And, you know, when you come out of it, you come out of it stronger. But we are in a very serious place in the world. Uh, Did did you uh, end up catching COVID ever? No, no. no. Shout out to you. You know, it's funny. And this might sound like some weird superhuman weirdness. Never caught COVID, but I was in Atlanta and I was shooting a radio interview. Mm-hmm. And this is when COVID was going around. And I woke up and I couldn't breathe. I had the shakes, hot, cold sweats. We're like, for sure, I got it. I have COVID. Mm-hmm. I went in the bath. I turned on hot water and I had imagination time. And I imagined that you didn't have it. The sickness just coming out of my pores and into the water. And literally an hour later, I was perfectly fine. Did the interview. No cough, no nothing. Interesting. I was, I was just fucking great. Imagination time. For people who don't know, 
they can get the audio book, yeah. but they um, it's super simple. They could just if you got Zelle, Cash App, Venmo, Apple Pay. So hopefully by the time this this airs, yeah, uh, it'll be on Audible and it'll be on uh, Amazon, right? But right now, uh, go to uh, you could text me, right? Yo, it's crazy when I drop We Are God. I did the same method. Text me, send me the cash app. And literally with imagination time, I have thousands of text messages in That's my phone crazy. right now. You have a separate phone? No. Oh. This shit. is my my line. Wow. And you is your is your number up on your Yeah, yeah. It's 917-535-8577. So if you hear this and you want it, you could just text me like, yo, I want the audio. And book. it's like um seven chapters or six? Seven. Seven, seven. chapters. Yeah. It's an easy listen, right? Very easily. It's me composing the whole thing, playing the piano. It's kind of an experience. Like, if you're going to check it out, you yeah. should probably be relaxed. Yeah. In April, I'm dropping another audio book, and it's called Believe in Yourself. And it's more of a episodic of how I got to this point, from dropping out of high school to becoming a freelance designer to traveling with Steve Aoki and designing his brand of this and to working with Drake on his planes and this and that. And just to how I got to this point, it's called believing yourself. So we're going to get to some of that, but I got to take a piss. So right. quick intermission and then we'll be right back. Yo, stop at the interview. Got to tell you about our good folks at odd socks, man. Listen, go to oddsocksofficial.com, Use the promo code 20% off, save 20% off some of the craziest socks. You know, they got the Ninja Turtle joints. Uh, shout out to Kool-Aid. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to SpongeBob. Plus they got the odd socks basics. These are my boys right here. I love these right here. You get the plain black, the plain white. Very comfortable. Most comfortable socks in the world, to be honest. You know what I'm saying? Plus, underwear, y'all. Cheese it draws. Come on. What are we doing? Go to oddsocksofficial.com. Use the promo code bootleg and save 20% off the most comfortable underwear in the world. Fuck all that other bullshit y'all be wearing on your ass. Throw all the methicas in the trash. All that PSD shit. All that shit is all. Listen, man. Put them odd socks on your ass cheeks and thank me later. Yeah, I didn't even see that you had posted this Kanye thing. Yeah. So you posted this yesterday, right? Yeah. So you and Kanye, this, there's like an official collaboration between Yeezy and Skid Row? It's not official until he posted, but there's some things in the works. How, did he reach out to you or how did that happen? Um, I can't even really talk about that right now. For real. I, I promise you when I can... I'm going to come back here. Okay. I'm going to give you the whole scoop. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. that's. I mean, you you put it out there. Yeah, but it, it was a question mark. It was like, is this, is what's happening here, you know? Um, Talk to me how you ended up working on the Drake plane shit. Um, <clears throat> A good friend of mine, Matt Babel, who manages Drake, uh, back when I was having some tough times and I needed some money, he hired me. To do freelance design work for OVO and for Dream Crew and their whole shit. Mm -hmm. And I just used to just design shirts, merch, whatever, whatever they needed. And uh, he put that on my desk. He was like, Drake just has a plan. You have any ideas? And I had a shoe called Air David, mm -hmm. you know. And I was just like, it'd be tight. Like if I had a plane and called my shit Air David. I was like, but fuck, I'm probably going to have a jet anytime soon. I was, I just kind of gave the idea, Air Drake, you know, just, and then, you know, he has a Nike thing. So it was like, instead of just do it, mm -hmm. I did it, you know, like, <laughs> so um, I just kind of slid that conceptually. When it comes to like design, I feel like there's a few underappreciated 
people when it comes to our industry. Mm-hmm. Cameramen, photographers, and graphic designers being like at the top of the list. For sure. I feel like most graphic designers always get underpaid or people expect them to do something for free or they'll put a whole lot of work in on a design, they'll submit it, and then if the artists don't like it, they might never even hear heard from them again. Yeah. Um, it depends on how you build. I mean, I was that for a couple years, but now I get paid. I, I started off in this game. I got $100 per design. Then after Teenage Millionaire, I went up to 300 a design. And then I started working with Steve Aoki and doing Diesel and Ruka, and then I went up to 500 a design. And then I started working with Von Dutch and Paxson and blah, 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 and I went up to like 900 a design. And then blah, blah, blah. Now I'm, I'm, I won't touch it if I'm not getting, you know, Fifteen to two thousand a design and some type of equity in the piece, and it's like a whole I was going to say, like, do you have any advice for people who do graphics who are trying to figure out how to differentiate or stop to- doing graphics and do graphics for yourself? Just make your own shit. Make your own shit, and then make people respect you, and then then charge them. Then then you can set your price because if you're a graphic designer, like you said, like they really treat you like the underbelly of shit when you're when you're it's your ideas and designs that are creating these fucking brands so you know create something for yourself build a business around it make something out of it and then people will start coming to you like can you do this and you can set your own price on the clothing shit like was what were some of the trial and error things you had to kind of get through to like really because you know clothing is a very it's a tough business to be in. There's a lot of overhead depending on how you do it. You know, there's certain people who. I mean, transparently, I'm currently going through a problem because I have like 3,000 orders unfulfilled because, you know, we're we're teaching people. We're taking people off the street and we're essentially teaching them how to screen print. Right. So that's a whole thing in itself. But then. When you have 30, 40 SKUs on a website and people want 100 of these, but 20 of these and 30 of these, then you got to print these and this and then shipping and this. It's like a whole thing. So I just uh, shut down the Skid Row site just for a couple weeks, shipping everyone their shit out. And I brought in a new manager to help run the business. And um, yeah, so, so you're going through that as we speak. Yeah, yeah. Going through it as we speak, because, you know, you want a million orders. You want people to spend, you know. A million, but what, how you gonna fucking ship a million dollars worth of product? You know mm. what I mean. So, expansion, growth. We talked a little bit about you, you know how we're, we. I feel like you're underrated in 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 the LA scene. Who were some of the artists that you grew up listening to that you feel like never really got their their full flowers in LA? Um, I don't know. I mean, I the people I grew I grew up listening to Pac. I grew up listening to Jay. Wayne, you know, like I there's like Nip. I uh, let's say Nip. I'll say Nip. Because Nip was a, a purveyor of taste and he had that thing and he had the spark and he made great music and he was for the cultures, for his hood, for his people, he made good music. And uh it was only his, through his posthumous death that he was able Fully appreciated. Fully appreciated, but yeah. Um I've never seen a me before, though. I've never seen a nigga who do all the shit I've done and has indirectly and directly affected culture who hasn't gotten his flowers yet. Say twelve months from now, I'm talking to you. Let's manifest some shit. What yeah. do you hope? What do you? Where do you hope to be? Where do you hope to have happened this year, man? Um, number one across the board in everything, Skid Row manufacturing 
grossed fifty million dollars, employed and housed thousands of people. Music number one hit single album, touring across the board, sold out. Audio books, my publishing company number one on Amazon. My kids program just draw it, building the school. Here in New York, Chicago, my art and the Louvre, the the MoMA, the Mocha, you know, going for two hundred. I'm about to do an art exhibition. That's why I'm mentioning. Matter of fact, I'm gonna show you something. I've been working on it. Um, I'm doing an art exhibition next month. My first time doing these like twenty foot artworks. So you can't really see how big these are, but this is like twenty five feet. Oh, that's fire. They have like real hair. Oh, shit. Now, if somebody wanted to. This? That's crazy. How, how big this is. What are you saying? I was going to say, hypothetically speaking, someone wants to buy one of these. What, what is it? What does a 25 foot piece of art go for from David Sebastian? That's a lot. So like. So like, look how big this is. Oh, yeah, that's. That's massive. That's fire. So this, I think, I have uh, It's gonna be about one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Wow. What it like when you painting and making art like that is like you gotta have inspiration. Like, what is it like? Is it something that like how often are you working on pieces? Every morning, four o'clock in the morning. I have a regimen. Four. To nine and eight and four to nine in the morning, I'm painting. Nine to three, I'm doing business. Three to seven, I'm shooting content. Seven to eleven or twelve, I'm making music. So you're sleeping three or four hours a day. Kind of, yeah. I'd be up with my uh, videographer Esco at three thirty in the morning, talking shit all day, just working. Do you feel like? Um, have you always had that kind of like those sleep habits? Is yes, it- yes. I love I honestly like I love and if you're listening to this, you should try it. Because spiritually, the veil is thinnest at three o'clock in the morning. There's an energy while everyone is asleep. Like it's like um it's like CPU power in your fucking computer, mm. right? While everyone's awake, all the energy and everything is being, being distributed up, yeah. evenly. But when motherfuckers are asleep, you can just my best ideas, my best songs, my everything happens three in the morning, four in the morning. So you feel like um, what? Because I feel like most people would think you need eight hours of sleep. I know mo- a lot of people. Like usually, I get about six, six to seven. But I mean, you're you say you're rolling on four hours of sleep. We don't need anything. We have been conditioned and told as a as a human race that we need this and we need that and mm-hmm. we need this or we're going to be deficient in this and you need this. So we believed it. And that belief system is what cr- perpetuates the need for that. We need eight hours of sleep. So you need eight hours of sleep. And if you don't have it, then you feel the, the L's of that. You don't need shit. You are, you are a fucking God. You can do whatever the fuck you want and be completely fine. Ladies and gentlemen, that is David Sebastian. Yeah. And he's got uh, well. Just so we're clear, people can go support the audio book. When when will it be on Audible? Text me nine one seven five three five eight five seven seven. If you want to be a part of this community, this tribe that I'm building, text three one zero three eight eight fifty one ninety three. If you want to buy some Skid Row shit, go to skidrowfashionweek.com or pull up to the warehouse on Pico and uh, Maine. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
1300 South Main That's where the Skid Row office is um, If you want to be a part of the team And you want to help expand this Hit careers at BelieveInYourselfRecords.com You know that's the label If you got a book and you want to get published You know my niggas read books too Publishing that's mine um, I love that <laughs> <laughs> And then eight, eight projects of music coming We didn't even talk about the music Valentine's Day, Times I Made Girls Cry, April, re-release of We Are God, June, uh, Atlanta, Georgia, 90, some, 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 here, this is the, also got a little calendar of all the, this year I ain't fucking around, man. Oh, I see it, yeah. And you got all the artwork already done. I got the albums done. Everything is done. Is it harder for you to do that while being, quote unquote, on a major Label, no. or is that part of the deal that you worked out? It's part. I mean, they're my partners. I'm not signed to this okay. 50, 50 joint JV situation. But um, listen, man, if this is this is where you kind of zoom into the camera, you get into my face. I look at this right here. Um, you could do whatever the fuck you want to do. Okay, you could fly if you believe it. In order to know you can fly, you got to jump first. That's how a bird learns it can fly because a motherfucking kicks it out the nest and it falls and then it either fly or die, right? And all I'm doing is spreading my wings. If you're not going to give it to me, I don't need a cosign. I don't need none of that shit. At the end of the day, I am waking up people one at a time and all of this is going to create um, this cosmic shift of energy within our people, man. I'm going to put on the illest shows without a label. It's not even about a label. Mm. I'll self-fund that shit. I'm going to put on the illest shows, drop the illest visuals, drop the illest music, the illest merch at the same goddamn time. Gap, Goodwill collabs. I'm going to show you something. Don't say it online, but, yo, look at this. Hollywood Unlock is dropping this. Ooh. What? Me? Who? It's a rap. There it is. Go follow him, man. Yeah. And thank Sebastian you. And thank you for this interview. Anti- thank you for letting IG. me freestyle. And all good, man. Please invite me back anytime. I would love to come. There it is. Go follow this guy. Go support him, David Sebastian. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangster Chronicles, hosted by MC8 and Big Steel. Every Thursday, a podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Let's go. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.